Grab your cable knit sweaters, everybody. It's going to be a cold one. I don't know what that means, but it'll make sense in a second. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we have a really cool episode in store for you. Uh, James and Lacey with me as always. How's it going, guys? How are you? I am so excited right now. Yeah. Um, Pretty um, excited about this uh, upcoming uh conversation we're about to have yeah so give you a hint it's a podcast it it is it is a podcast uh yeah i see him back there on yours um so yeah we are gonna give you an interview with a self-proclaimed monster maker as he refers to himself um frank ippolito and he's worked in creature effects and puppeteering on the force awakens seasons one of two of the mandalorian uh and he actually played the like I said in the opening, the cable knit sweater wearing fan uh, scene stealing Mon Cala in the Mandalorian uh, third episode of the season. Um, so you know exactly who we're talking about that dock working. Um, Everybody does. Sassy yeah. Mon Cala. That's Frank. And uh, we, we, <laughs> we talked to him about all of that stuff and more. Uh, a, a, an interview I did not expect to be as rich as, as it wound up being because we went beyond star wars with him and it was so cool right guys yeah this is just it it was an opportunity for us to kind of dive into the mindset of where these people who work on the sets are and who are building these things and anytime you ever get to hear the story of how somebody steps in to star wars and how they got that opportunity and then their their entire career that surrounds it yeah good episode yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah i guess let's just get into it right now here's our interview with frank ippolito Frank, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. How's it going, man? It's going great. <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad to have you here. Um, obviously, you uh, uh, worked on um, some famous set pieces for The Force Awakens that we're going to really dive into and talk a lot about that really encompasses the history of the saga in so many ways for a lot of fans, especially diehard fans. Uh Dejara comes to mind, of course. Yep. Uh, obviously, you uh, more more recently were involved with a popular, uh, surprisingly popular character on the Mandalorian season two. Not surprising uh, that to I, me. That I can, if for our, for our video, <laughs> our video uh, viewers can see maybe something familiar in the background there, mm-hmm. uh, the Mon Cala. Uh, but um, and you've done a lot of other work too. It's like we'll go down the list here: Pirates of the Caribbean, Umbrella Academy, The Orville. Uh, you had mentioned off air Picard. You you done some work on. So, uh, I guess to get things going here, um, how did you how did you break in? What well like obviously there's probably so many people who want to get into that industry uh, because it's either you're a fan of it and then you just yeah. want to follow it. How did you break through? What broke you through into the into the big time? Well. I guess it, it wasn't really like a breakthrough kind of a thing. It was a long, slow build. Um, I've never had a real job. I've always done this stuff. Um, <laughs> that's the dream, um, right? My, yeah, my question was going to be, and how so... many times have your parents told you that's not a real job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, constantly. No, my yeah. parents were really supportive. Um, they thought it was nuts, but they were supportive. Yeah. Um, I'm 42, so I started doing the stuff in the 90s. So there, there wasn't really any internet. There wasn't social media there wasn't any of this stuff i was just a kid in my basement playing with clay you know kind of figuring out how to do mm-hmm. things and making you know home movies with my friends right and eventually that led to me i ended up working for mcfarland toys um the action figure oh, companies nice. i worked for them for a couple of years 
and then I ended up moving out here to Los Angeles. Um, and the first movie I worked on was a movie called Reign of Fire. It was a oh, yeah. dragon movie with Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale and stuff. Right. And so uh, to build to do those dragons, they made these like giant maquettes, um, these you know giant sculptures. Yeah. Not giant. They were small. You know, the, they were maybe this big. Um, and so I was molding and casting those sculptures that they would then scan and use for uh, CG input. And so that was like the first thing I did. Wow. Um, and then like shortly after that, I, I jumped over to another shop and I was working for a buddy that was doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then I just started jumping like shop to shop and working with a bunch of makeup artists. And I ended up working on like Chronicles of Riddick and Pirates of the Caribbean. So it was just kind of doing it for a hobby you know, moved out here, just met some people and just kind of fell into everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, whenever people ask about this stuff, if you don't live, sleep, eat and breathe, like building this stuff, it's the wrong business for you. Cause <laughs> it, like the people on, on this side of the camera, the people building things, like we're not the ones driving around in Porsches, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> if you don't love this stuff, like it's just insanely long hours against all odds. And right. it's, I mean, I love every second of it. Um, so I don't know is there a movie that inspired you to get into that or a certain person that works in the industry that inspired you well I think like most of the people of my generation you know we grew up watching movies like The Thing and American Werewolf in London Mm -hmm. and you know all those like horror and sci-fi movies that people like Rick Baker and Rob Bottin and all those guys uh, did and you know so grew up looking up to Rob Bottin and Rick Baker and Steve Johnson and Greg Canham and all these great makeup effects guys. Um, you know, I grew up with, you know, a Fangoria in one hand and a Cinefex in the other. <laughs> and, I mean, just everything, you know, nerdy about it. I loved. You, um, yeah, you had mentioned McFarlane and I just remember cause I am 38. So when those figures came out, like, and, and, you know, all of us nerds were like, McFarlane actually got these things looking how these characters look. Well, what it, uh, what it was is they kind of, he kind of revolutionized how action figures were made. Before Todd was doing the stuff, it was all everything was designed to be like modular. Like think about He-Man. Like He-Man and Skeletor have the same body. Like everything yes. was, was kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. really simple. And, and Todd was looking at stuff and saying, well, why do all these model kits look so good and toys look so mediocre? So he hired all these model kit sculptors, people like Sean Nagel and um, Kyle, I don't remember Kyle's name, last name, um, a guy named Gene St. Jean. Um, God, this is like 20 some years ago. I can't remember everybody's <laughs> name. Uh, you're impressing <laughs> me. I don't, I don't remember yeah. a guy I met last week's name. So you're, you're doing all right. Well, these are people I worked with for a couple of years and I'm just, I'm totally blanking on a lot of their names. Um, but he hired all these model kit sculptors sure. and these people that were just, on a whole other level and just started making toys different. He was making things out of softer rubber so that he could pull more, you know, detailed parts out. Cause like, think mm-hmm. about your star Wars toys. They're like kind of a hard plastic. Yeah. So you can't get a lot of detail cause you can't have undercuts in the molds. Right. So by Todd making them out of a softer material, like the collectors were like, eh, it like sags and it broke. And it's like, well, there's no other way to get like these highly detailed parts out. Like you have to make right. it out of a, a material that's got a little give and take right. um and nobody had done it before that um, right. yeah it's it's so impressive uh because i remember when those came out and i i had gotten a few of them i i even bought the uh, metallica and justice for all set that they came out with which was like just like insane how detailed that was 
Yeah, but I, I, didn't, um, I don't it, work on Metallica. I worked on the Kiss figures, though. The, <laughs> well, the first... Kiss is like the yeah. always, like the top shelf of rock and roll action figures, right? So. Yeah, yeah, I worked on those. Um, the first the first ones that I worked on when I was there were uh, the Austin Powers toys, and then I worked I all the those. way up all the way up through the Samurai Spawn series. Wow, very so, cool. Oh, hey, wait. Speaking of toys, my buddy Hal made a little. Oh my god. No way. (laughs) That's amazing. So that's one of one. (laughs) Uh, No, he made one for himself too. So, okay, one of two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He saw somebody else made this and he's like, oh, this is easy. And so he made a couple and he sent me one. Okay. So Frank is showing a custom uh, cable knit. Moncala from yeah. The Mandalorian season two, the Doc Worker. Did you guys give that character an official name, or is it uh, just I, Doc I made up a name that I put up on the Twitter, but I don't know if it's stuck, and I don't know if anything's official yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. though. Especially we, a lot of our listeners are huge collectors, and they love you know anything from sideshow <laughs> all the way down to the vintage figures and rare things. So the fact that you have a mm-hmm. custom figure of a character you helped kind of create is. Yeah. The, the the top tier that's top shelf right there you, you know like working on on this show like i've worked you know i've worked on in this industry for 20 some years and there hasn't really been like action figures that i've been excited about of things that i worked <laughs> on but um like a mandalorian we we built cara dune's armor and we built gideon's armor and so like i had to go like rush out and get those toys yeah because yeah. it's like it's neat like we we kind of created like those shapes and everything like uh right you know one of the guys that works for me named gary crowell like he was all excited that he got to you know he's the one that fabricated cara dune's armor and he's like i made a thing that is now canon and yeah it's, yeah it's awesome yeah. have you been like a lot a lifelong star wars fan is it new oh, to oh, you yeah. or was there okay yeah i didn't know yeah. if there was something like in particular that stuck out more so um, like any other properties you've worked on that were more special to you than say star Wars. No, I think star, star Wars, Wars tends of, to be the one people go to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty high up there. That's for sure. Um, I can't think of anything else. That... Good. You shouldn't star Wars is the top. Yeah. Don't say the right? other star property. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I mean, I've worked on a bunch of sci-fi shows and I'm, you know, yeah. excited about that. I worked on two seasons of the Orville, mm-hmm. um, and I may or may not be working on the third season right now. W- working for the <laughs> only other McFarlane I know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I only know two McFarlands in the world, and you've worked for both. Yeah, Seth's actually really fun to work with. We we um, we did a big revamp of the androids, uh, Isaac. We did a revamp of his uh, costume on season two. Mm. Seth was like so, like surprisingly easy to like make changes with and kind of give and take like what he wanted. And then we built this whole like spacesuit for him in season two. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I don't know. Like some celebrities are kind of a pain in the butt, and Seth was like oh. super easy to work with. I'm sure. I mean, Great. yeah, he has it. He gets this reputation that he's pompous and stuff because how he kind of carries himself as his public persona. Yeah, but I think that that's a confidence thing, and it's such a fine line between confidence and confidence sure. and arrogance. Right. And you're always always going to find somebody that that takes it in the wrong way. So yeah, like, sure. What yeah. are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so in terms of um, your work in Star Wars compared yeah. to other stuff, do you have autonomy to when you guys are building stuff for characters, or is it something like you have to bring something to 
John Favreau's team for approval, or they're like, "Hey, you do this thing, and here's a couple ideas. Try to just come up with that." Like, well, what's the what's the process? It it depends on it depends on what the thing is that we're doing. Um, like when we did Gideon's armor, we had like these gorgeous drawings, and they said, "Build this," and so we you know we built exactly what the drawings were. Okay. Um, but then there was a time. Do you remember? Remember the end of first season? Um, Grief Karga had those three uh, bounty hunters with him mm-hmm. when they when they came back to the planet. Oh yeah, sure. yeah. So when when we were building those those armor, like the helmets and the armors for stuff, they they were kind of like, well, just kind of make it look like this, you know, like it was a little bit looser because it wasn't like a main in your face um, character. Character. Yeah. It's not yeah. like they gave yeah. us like a blueprint of the, the helmets, like that one guy with the big helmet. Like I built that helmet, and you know, I like, I machined a little antenna and, and all that stuff. And it, it, they kind of gave us a little bit of leeway to just, you know, kind of run with it a bit. Um, uh, so cool sometimes one. they're more specific and sometimes it just, it depends. It depends on the costume designer. It depends on the prop master. It depends on who you're working with. All right. Um, so you've been working on a lot of armor. You've mentioned yeah. a lot of different, from different shows yes. too, armor, spacesuits. Yeah. I know that you had mentioned on your Facebook page that you did Stranger Things as well. Do you guys yep. specialize in armor and spacesuits or is that just driven by what's popular right now? Well, I, I think it's cool. So <laughs> right, I mean, like, right. I, I like helmets and spacesuits. Um, uh, <laughs> it it depends on what the show is. Like sure. when you when you work on something, you're working for a department. So mm-hmm. like an Orville right now, we're working for the props department. We're not doing anything for the costume department. For the first two seasons, we only did stuff for the costume department. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. you know, so some shows you get pulled in by costume, some you get pulled in by set design. It just it it depends who you're working for. Right. Um, so, you know, there's a there's a show that's coming out uh, at some point um, that's going to be on <laughs> Amazon, and we did set pieces. We made these like big set pieces. Oh, cool. Um, so it, it's it really depends. Um, I was just curious if you were the armor guy. They're like, you got to go to Frank. Frank is the armor guy. No, they, you know, there's <laughs> there's about a half dozen companies that sure. do the same stuff out here. There's you know like uh, like Legacy and Ironhead and Film Illusions and you know we all. There's a bunch more, but we all we all do relatively the same thing. Some people have a little bit more finesse, you know, like artistic finesse. Some people sure. are more expensive. Some people are more of a pain in the ass. It just it depends who you are. <laughs> is it you know? is it is it fraternal at all, or do you, do you all kind of root for each other, or is it very competitive? Like you're all dry, like like actors auditioning. Are you all trying to um, drive for the same jobs? How what's the it, culture like? It de- it depends who it is. I I try to stay really open and friendly with the people that are the like you know quote unquote competition, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of them are very secretive and very guarded and, um, you know I don't know I I try to not really pay attention to what they're doing. Let mm-hmm. them do whatever. Sure. I just focus on what you know me and my crew are doing. I like um, that. That's a good yeah. idea. No, I, I can't change anybody else's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, all right. So we, we teased the whole Force Awakens uh, element, and you had worked with Phil Tippett's uh, yeah. studio. Uh, diehard fans know him as being the guy from the original trilogy in terms of like just groundbreaking stop motion animation and the ATAT walkers and dinosaur supervisor. Thing. Creature yeah. effect supervisor. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah he was, so. You know, I think I think Phil brought something to being the creature supervisor to these shows that a lot of other um, people don't really think about. Like, if you look at 
look at any monster, like think of the Demogorgon or anything else. Sure. And it's, everything's very like sleek and muscular, muscu muscular and like, I don't know, Phil had, everything was like kind of sloppy and felt like it was alive. <laughs> like they were all kind of fat and had like weird things going on. And there was just so much more character in those things. Like think about Jabba, like who would have, who like these days would have built Jabba the way or designed Jabba the way you know, it it's, was from yeah. Phil. Like you think about Phil's maquettes or the or the Tauntauns or like or the Calamari. Like that's that's direct lineage to Phil's. Yeah, um, true. So you know, I don't know. He just he had a he has a way of looking at things and a way of like kind of bringing out a certain kind of uh I don't know, natural feel to, to these creatures sure. and stuff where I th I think a lot of people these days are just so stuck in ZBrush or so like, and everything just looks too perfect. You Sleek know? lines and stuff. His are a little too bit much. more Yeah, too much. Yeah. Like slop it up a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, a, that's such a great point. And I, I guess like the culture for a movie like The Force Awakens from like J.J. Abrams' perspective uh, in terms of the PR machine was we're going back to the old ways and how they did and it I, with these practical I stuff. that stuff so. was done excellent. Like that was uh, yeah. Neil Scanlon and his crew, like a bunch yeah. of... Like the people over there in the UK are like obnoxiously talented. Like those guys are amazing. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And I I remember messaging the the guy that built the mechanical Akbar on that. I was like, how the hell did you fit eyeball mechs inside this thing? <gasps> like, I can't really show you, but it was hard. Because <laughs> there's really not that much room in there. Like those eyeballs are like pressing right against my head. They're right here. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. There's very little room. If if I can get the battery to, to charge up, I'll turn that on. I'll show you how much. Oh, please do. Yeah, that would be great. Oh man. Um, so you're involved with the Force Awakens. What did you do for our audience? So let them um, know what you what you did. So I I molded and cast and painted all of the chess set puppets. Um, there was eight of them, which it was it was like a crazy dream job. Um, there was a, a a guy I knew that worked there named Mark Dubow. And he goes, hey, we have this, this stop motion project. And um, I think you would be a really good fit for it. The, the pieces are a little complicated. Are you interested in coming up here for a little bit and working on it? And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. So I, I didn't know what it was. Um, I, I knew that Phil had done stop motion. And, and I, I had a little bit of background in stop motion. I had worked for um, these guys named the Kyoto Brothers who, who have done a lot of stop motion in the past. They're really known for uh, the movie Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, oh my god I <laughs> they made that, that. <laughs> um but but i've done some stop motion with them and so i kind of knew how to build armatures and how specific the molds had to be like there's a certain level of precision and a certain way they need to open and close sure to to register the armatures in there so i went up there um and i i built a mold for like one of their um pieces for a, a short film that phil's doing called mad god and um and i brought that up to him i said hey this is kind of how i would you know, want to do this. I thought that that's what kind of what I was working on. And, um, and they were like, okay, cool. Now that you're NDA, we're working on the force awakens and we're making the chess set. <laughs> I was like, what the holy, fuck? Holy <laughs> so, so at this point, this was when I had relatively early started my company. Um, this was what, 2004, 13, 14, 15. I don't know when, when it came out in 15, right? Came out 15, yeah. Okay, so then I would have been working on it in thir 13. Yeah, because we I finished um, in like January of 14 then. 
Okay. When it came out. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Very yeah, cool. Right. So I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> well, they just—you said they sprung it on you that you're. Yeah, they, kind of, they sprung it. Yeah, okay, I remember now. So this was like early on when I started my company. Like I started this company like around 2010. So sure. about three years into it, I only had like a 1,200 square foot like workshop. And I basically just said, all right, well, I'm closing everything down for four months and I'm going to go up to San Francisco. <laughs> so I, I stayed Crazy. up in, uh, in Oakland and I worked for, for Phil for, you know, the three or four months that that took. And, um, and then me and his daughter, uh, Sam, uh, she assisted me uh, in the shop and we just molded and cast all the puppets. And I remember there was one point where we were talking about you know, paint, you know, painting them in the colors. And I was like, well, I need to see these things with my eyes. So, so they went and they took the, the original four that was on George Lucas's desk and they brought it over the archives and we got to take oh. some more photos and I got some, uh, I brought a Pantone book and kind of took notes on what colors to make them, the, you know, to get the colors just right. Um, and, you know, of course we got to go look around the archives, which was awesome. Right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's sweet. That. And I got a, I got a ton, a ton of pictures of the original calamari. Yeah, especially, uh, especially for you. You know what I mean? Like it's cool for me to go to the archives, but for you, I can't imagine with all the props and stuff. Oh, so, so much. It's like, it's, I, I can't even. I mean, you've probably seen photos of what the archives looks like. Yeah, it's, but yeah. You, like being there, you like can't imagine it. Like we were going through some of the the racks of stuff, and it's like, oh, well, there's Indiana Jones and Marion's costume from, you oh, know, Indiana Jones, man. and it's just like. This is great. That's wild. And then, like one aisle over, it's like, okay, here's all of the Boba Fett armor. Here's all of his backpacks and helmets and boots. Right. Like, yeah. it was, yeah, it's really cool. Um, um so in yes. terms of, yeah, the the originals were they did they were they holding up pretty well or were they like looking? Did you feel like they were gonna fall apart in your hands? Like, well, what, I didn't, was... I didn't touch them. I didn't need to. And I, they gave us white gloves if we wanted to, but I didn't need to touch them. There's no reason okay. to touch it. Um, too nervous to touch it like well, I would be it's also, it's, it's also a respect thing like I don't need sure. to touch it yeah you know? yeah um, I just need to look at it with my eyes but it was cool <laughs> like and I have this photo of, of me and, and the, the gang from Tippet sitting there with the chest set over at the archives it's so kind of cool, cool. and uh, um, I don't know it was great and then I got to match the colors just right and, um, and that that attention to detail is is something that fans have really appreciated, especially with this new run of films uh, from all the documentaries through all the recent batch of films showing to the very finest detail. Um, and people always say like, well, you know, thank you, J.J. Abrams. But there's like thousands of people in blue text on those credits and you being, say, one of them. Uh, do you take you obviously take pride in doing that? Um, but when you hear fans talk about that, are you like, yeah, I freaking nailed that? <laughs> well, like I put a lot of effort into it. Like yeah. to, I, mm -hmm. I, like I knew it was my responsibility to get those colors right, you know, yeah. or even on the stuff that we're building now, it's it's like it's our responsibility to to you know make the armor nice and shiny or you know make it look like it's you know worn correctly. Or, I don't know. It's we have a responsibility to make really cool stuff. You know there's gonna be those fans that are like, that wasn't yellow. <laughs> they screwed the whole thing up. <laughs> well, the, the whole back and forth with what color the sweater was, blue or green. Oh, was, yes. It was hilarious to me. It's I what I that I remember, I think it was like a gray sweater that was sort of dyed a tealish color. Okay. 
So people were buying the green one and buying a blue one. I'm sure you could bleach it out and do whatever. I bought the gray one and I'm going to dye the gray one to be sort of that <laughs> right. tealish color. That's the secret. That's the secret sauce. That's what I think. I mean, I, like I have a couple of photos that I, I kind of snuck when I was in my trailer and yeah. like, so I like kind of remember, but every single picture I have, it looks either way green or way blue. <laughs> it's like yeah. that dress from years ago. Is it white or is it <laughs> exactly. gold? No, exactly. Yeah. The, the closest photo that's accurate is the one that was on the uh, the cookie recipe page from back in the holidays. Mm-hmm. It's that, that picture I got hanging up right there. Which is yeah. like a tealish color on that cookie. Yeah, that's that's the absolute, that's what I would go for. Like what that that is, that's the color. Because that's a, I was I was curious about that when it comes to colors sometimes too like you can have something that in real life is like gray but then like when you see it on the show it's like mm-hmm. you know you put a dropper on it it's it's more blue because they've changed the colors for just for the appearance of the video stuff, yeah. if it, yeah 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 um, well, I mean, so that's, that's part of like color timing a show like you know they have to do that um, but but like that photo was taken so when when you go and you're in the costume. They go and they take you over to get photos for the archives. Mm-hmm. So you're, you know, in front of a big gray backdrop and they have you pose and, you know, turn around and all that <laughs> stuff. Then they 3D scan you and they do all those things. So that photo was from the, the archive photos. So that's probably going to be the most accurate color. Wow. Nice. Okay. So <laughs> did you have to get in the entire getup to, uh, are you on film as in the character, in the character? Can you say oh, yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Now, did you did you tarkin it? Were you wearing slippers because you weren't showing on the bottom half? Were you wearing the whole thing? Like no, was I was deal? wearing the boots the whole time. Oh man! It, it be, see, we also built all the background calamari in that episode, mm-hmm. so there was there was a couple of us on set because we were also tending to the background calamari, and so you know I'd, I'd kick the boots off when we were not shooting, but I was in that costume all day long, and I didn't shoot until almost the end of the day. So everyone's oh. like not with the head on all day, but yeah. like, I was gonna say. but I had the, the yeah. but I had the over, I had the overalls and everything on because, it, like I, I don't know if you guys have been on many film sets and stuff. Like sometimes they're just like, hey, we gotta get this shot or we gotta put right. this in. So so sure. the ads didn't want me to be not in my costume in case they needed me to go. Right. Which is fine. I don't so you sitting there at lunch, just in in the full suit with a little helmet next to you, just eating your macaroni and cheese. Like, what's More that like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had, yeah, we had a, we had a couple of tables full of all the the heads, and I mean, we went outside to have lunch. Sure, yeah. head stayed in, in the set. But. <laughs> so everyone's favorite part about that character is essentially you being you, like the sassiness, yeah. the shaking of the head. That's all you. So okay, so. <laughs> My my sister didn't know. I didn't tell her about any oh. of this stuff, and and she watched Mandalorian. She knew that I worked on it. She goes, "That guy has this has the same mannerisms as you." Is that what you were trying to say? And I was like, "Andrea, that is me." She's like, ah! She just thought that it was. She thought that I was telling her to watch this episode because it acted like me. Right. She didn't realize that it was me. That's oh, that so is funny. so awesome. I love that. Yeah. Oh, um, but like, I th- I think any like any acting, you're, you're just kind of playing yourself. Like think about sure. like Danny DeVito in any movie. He's just Danny DeVito. Like, think, <laughs> like whoever it is, like you're, unless you're, um, what's his name? Uh, who's the guy that was- Even in Hercules, Danny DeVito was Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you, you're talking about like method actors, like Stanley, Stanley Tucci or like- Yeah, what? like, so, but those guys are still kind of them. There's not, there's not a whole lot of actors that, 
that you could not do an impression of and you're like oh that's jack nicholson or that's like whoever like they just are who they are so for me to go and be this character and to to try and think of like to be something else that i'm i was like no, if this was me and this was some stupid client, I would just be like, oh, you're an idiot. You know, like, yeah, just... <laughs> and, then, and that's really what it was. And I like, like, I haven't done a ton of like acting or anything like that. Like I've, I've been in mm-hmm. creature suits and stuff like that a couple of times, but I was really lucky on this. I called my pal Janina, who was Iden Versio in mm-hmm. um, right. the video games. And I yeah. said, hey, we need an extra puppeteer. Do you want to come puppeteer with us? She's like, hell yeah, I'm in. <laughs> and so when we're doing it, like I was, you know, I kind of ran my lines with her and I was like, well, like, how do I do this? And, she, and I kind of bounced stuff off of her. And so she was super helpful with kind of guiding me on how to just be myself. Like, well, what would you do? Like, there you go. Well, that's literally so what everybody latched hmm. on to because you were like yeah. the hit of that episode <laughs> outside of obviously yeah. the big storylines. But like you were yeah. everywhere, still <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> You were the it's meme, funny, a, if you will. On an episode that like Bo Katan is is like revealed in, and people are talking yeah. about my stupid sweater. <laughs> I was one of those people. I was like, this I, know, I, love it. I love it. <laughs> whose choice? Whose choice was it? Because it's a very like non Star Wars. It's a cable knit. My mom wears this sweater. So whose idea was it to to do that? It was a it was a costume designer, um, Shauna, and I got to admit, like when I first saw it, I was like okay you know like i don't know <laughs> but, I, but i'm also not privy to the scripts like yeah. when i'm most of the time when i work on shows like we we did some stuff for the new ghostbusters movie and i was like i don't oh, want to see the script to like see that. i don't want to see anything right yeah. right because i don't want it to be spoiled and right. not that mandalorian's out there sharing scripts but like i didn't want to know anything about anything beyond what i need to know to do my job gotcha right. um so i'm very happy to stay like in the dark so However, whatever reason she put this on, I was just like, you're the one that knows the story. I don't know. So right. go for it. <laughs> um, so was this was this in the volume that you filmed this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because we've it's had we've had so a few cool. guests who have been in the volume. Yeah. And every one of them just says you can be inches from that thing and just not exactly sure what's real and what's not. Well, it's if you're let's see, do you know you know those like LED panels that are about six inch square? And it's got about, it's like 64 by 64 LEDs. Mm-hmm. You ever seen sure. those things? Like if you go on mm-hmm. Adafruit, I'm not saying that this thing's built out of Adafruit panels, but <laughs> if you look at that, it's a whole bunch of really tiny, you know, RGB LEDs. And and it's basically just a whole room filled with this stuff. Yeah, it's insane. It's more complicated than that, but it's, sure. if, you, if you're standing by it, you can see the pixels, but it, right. you know, it works, it works on camera. And this has yeah. been around for a while. I know that, um, and when we worked on the first season of Orville, the whole bridge was surrounded by these panels. And I think that this also came from Favreau because Favreau directed the pilot and it was kind of helping get Orville off the ground. And the whole, oh. you know, the, the whole bridge was covered in those things. So when it would go to like a Starfield or, you know, whatever, it was actually there on set. Um, mm-hmm. I think they they nixed that in second season because it's a, it's a super expensive asset to, to keep running because you need to have mm-hmm. a lot of data to run it you need a whole support crew just just for the led panels mm-hmm. um 
but it's it's an amazing piece of technology and they're like they're building like volumes at like every stage like everywhere yeah they're building yeah, them in the uk they're building them in toronto and new mexico they're building because disney just as a whole is going to start using utilizing them because i think the first one we know of on on the map is uh thor love and thunder is going to be utilizing um, the, the volume technology if as far as i know yeah i don't i don't know <laughs> I'm not really sure, but like every, it's not just a Disney thing. It's an everybody thing. It's yeah, 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 yeah. It's everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't have to take trips but, to Tunisia anymore. Well, it's, yeah, you don't have to go to Tunisia, but it's, it's a give and take. Like there's a lot of times, you remember when CG started getting really popular, mm-hmm. every single movie was just like, ah, we'll fix it in post. Scorpion King. Worst every, way to yeah. shoot it, fix it in poach. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of takes this like, the, not, not creativity out of it, but like, you think about Jaws, like that shark didn't work, so they could barely use it. And it makes it, you know, that much more effective that you're not looking at it all the time. Yep. But now that they have this tool like CG, they're just like, well, we can do anything. And then they just do everything in CG and it kind of looks like garbage a, a good chunk of the time. Then and you get this, Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. And this, <laughs> and this is the new tool in the toolbox that everybody's like, eh, let's not go on locate. Let's not shoot outside. Let's just shoot it in the volume. But they don't yeah. realize that not only does it cost a ton of money to rent that stage, it costs a ton of money to, to run that stage. You know, you have to build those assets. Those assets have to be, you know, it's not like you're rendering um, an asset for, for post-production. Like if we were to do a CG element that gets rendered to a movie or TV show, you build it one way. But to build it for the Unreal Engine, which is what runs these stages, it's a whole different way you have to build the assets and a whole different way you have to shoot it. And you ha- like... And, and the latency on those things, like there's, I don't I I read somewhere that it's like a, a one or a three frame latency, which to us, you're not going to see a three frame latency. Yeah. But you can't do these big jerky movements. Yeah. You have to move slow because otherwise you're going to, you're, you're not going to catch up. So right. okay. there's still limitations and it's still sure. a, a new technology, but it's, it's yeah. not the answer to every stupid thing. Like you can shoot outside, go shoot outside. Yeah, well, Robert Rodriguez did for his episode. So there you go. I can't Um, help but think you're saying that they need these big crews to help with all the technology. And I'm just thinking about your character standing there being like, just like helping with the the volume. (laughs) And then you go on the backside of it and it's all just cargo nets and ropes just like holding it together. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that that there's still like a place in the world for like the old school practical stuff yeah. and like we're still building things i was so excited uh, to see your character i was like yes oh calamars are like my absolute yeah. favorite alien like <laughs> period so yeah hey, um, hey, do you have you ever seen where uh they people point out all the calamari in the uh in like return of the jedi and they're like they have no clue what they're doing in the background they're just like pointing at screens and they're confused and they're walking around randomly and stuff it's like ever since somebody pointed that out to me it's difficult to watch that scene the same way because i used to be invested in like akbar and what's important and now anytime he's on screen i'm like looking behind him like trying to (laughs) look at fun stuff yeah that's great it has so can you explain to us because um, I'm sure a lot of fans have replicas and they kind of get the idea of what it's like being inside of it in terms mm-hmm. of what's the experience and, you know, in terms of temperature, comfort, visual, uh, all that. Well, anytime you're wearing a creature suit or, you know, a complicated costume or something like that, you're going to be uncomfortable. Like there's no no two ways around it. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, it wasn't too bad. Like it got kind of sweaty. 
the only place you could really see out of is the nostrils. <laughs> and so um, if you watch, if you watch that making of on Mandalorian, you'll, there's a couple of shots that people sent me screenshots of of me holding a fan right to their nose. <laughs> and that's because we would, that's where we would give air to the performers. Oh, wow. Um, so we had these little fans that would just blow air into the nostrils. <laughs> um, and that's, that's where you see out of the nostrils and that's where you get your air from. Wow. So it, does it, so there's, there's no fans in, in there or anything like there's that? There's no room like, in that head. Like as yeah. much as that's like a big bulbous head, by the time you get the cert, like the whole top of the head is servos mm -hmm. that control the eyes, the nose, the mouth, and then the lips. So okay. that's yeah. Crazy. So like the jaw has two servos and then there's a servo for the top lip and the bottom lip. And then the eyes go up, down, in and out, and then blink. So for 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 our audience who doesn't know what a servo is, because I, yeah. I do. Um... <laughs> well, if no, you're listening to a Star Wars podcast and you don't know what a servo is, you got to go get your nerd license rechecked. <laughs> <laughs> I, how do you how do you um, what what triggers each thing? Like what what makes each each component work? What do you mean? So I, I make the eyes blink with this. I make the mouth move with this top. Well, lip, it, it's like a, it's a little motor that's got a little pull rod, mm -hmm. and and it's just the motor just kind of pushes it or pulls it or moves it. Okay. Um, it, I don't know how to explain it. it, it <laughs> it's it's somebody else controlling it though, fingers. off screen, right? Yeah, like yeah. Do you control it? Are there people off on the yeah. side doing it? There's, oh. Uh, like how many people are involved bringing you to life? Cool. Two, oh, two does that control the DeLorean too? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, this one was eyes. See how it's like kind of floppy? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that way you could kind of move the eyes like really right. naturally. They didn't like spring anywhere. Right. And then yeah. this one was the mouth. Or maybe I have it backwards. I don't, yeah, I don't remember now. I'll so I think when John I turn it on, I'll let you if know. If you're in the suit, do you puppeteer it and you don't? No, it's someone from the no. Side. I, there was yeah. that's why that's why I needed Janina to come help us because we needed it. two puppeteers. Um, so like later on in that episode, there's another calamari that's in the the like restaurant or mm -hmm. cantina or whatever that they're in. Yeah, that one me and Jeff puppeteered. Jeff. Oh, that guy has a jerk. Yeah, Jeff is the me mechanical designer that that designed all the the animatronics in here. Mm -hmm. And then um, wait, who's a jerk, James? What are you talking not, about? Not, not, not the character. You made it sound like Jeff was a jerk. He, I was like, yeah, who's was Jeff? In the, in the... No, no, no. Like as soon as I said he's a jerk, he's like, oh, well, Jeff, and I'm like, well, not <laughs> no, him. No, like, not Jeff. no, Jeff's yeah. a really nice guy. <laughs> yeah, I would but imagine so. In this, in the fake story. Yeah, yes, who's like sells him out and all this other yeah. stuff. I just yeah. wanted to clear that, that up before people go. Wait, why is Jeff a jerk? Yeah, no. Jeff listens to this. He's like, I don't even know James Bainey. Yeah, get out of here. No oh, man. Uh, yeah, Jeff's not a jerk. Nope. <laughs> so that, no, yeah, Jeff's that's actually working. Like... He's uh he I think he's left for the day, but he's uh, working for us now on another show that we're doing. Very cool. cool. That that control reminds me of a lot of what um some of the event people had to use for like BB eight at mm -hmm. uh conventions. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just yeah. it's just a futaba, like you can get this yeah. if you go to like fancy pants um like remote control, fancy you know, pants. car places. <laughs> No, there's a place here in um, RC hobbyist. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a place called Robin's Hobbies here in Glendale, and that's where we get all of the servos and stuff. We just order it from Robin. Cool. <laughs> nice. Because uh, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Do you know anything about how like the Chewbacca masks work? From what I understand, 
the the lips are jaw driven. So when he opens his mouth, the lips curl up. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. From what I understand, I haven't seen what they are now. Maybe they've built fancier ones for the newer ones, but mm-hmm. I kind of remember seeing something like that. But I don't know. Would you <laughs> Would you prefer like if you ever get to bring back Sweater Guy? Would you prefer to have the opportunity to have uh, a jaw operating mouth so that you can kind of do it yourself? Or do you like the aspect of I'm just in here and they're doing the thing? It's, it's kind of, it's a teamwork thing. Whenever you have a character that needs to be puppeteered, it's always going to be a combination of you and the other person. Um, when we were rehearsing it, um, Jeff was the voice. And so he would, he would run the mouth according to how he was talking. Um, which is easier for me because then I'm just focusing on, you know, here's my beat, look here, look here, kind of react. Like, I don't have to worry about that one other thing talking. Right. Like, I don't yeah, have to worry right. about remembering my lines. But then, <laughs> but we ultimately ended up me running the lines and Jeff had to play kind of, he knew what my lines were so he could kind of keep up with it. Um, but it ended up, I don't know who dubbed in the voice, but it was, it was me like cueing the, the movements with my sure. voice. Oh, Very that's cool. cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to ask you because we're huge fans of uh, Solo, the movie Solo. Yeah. I, and we're, I see we, you guys posting about Solo all the time. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you know about Make Solo 2 happen. Some it, people right? don't. Some people I'm very don't. Aware. Some people don't. And some people don't like it and that's fine. But you brought up Jabba before. Um, what would be different about if they were to bring back a Java puppet today? What would be different about how they made it with today's technology that you guys use? They should try to make it like they did originally, like when okay. they when they did um, Rise of Skywalker, and they had Yoda in there. Was that in Rise of Skywalker? Last no, Jedi. That was Last Jedi. When they had Yoda and they built it like the old school way. Yeah, they used the old mold, right? I thought it was great. I thought it yeah. worked excellent. Um, if they were going to do a Java again. They, I mean, I, I would be shocked if that mold is around anywhere or, or any Jabba parts are anywhere other than like maybe his eyes. Uh-huh. Um, but they should build it the same way that they did. Yeah. I mean, they mm-hmm. must have the blueprints because they, they rebuilt Jabba's palace like brick by brick almost with the blueprints, the original bl- blueprints they said in the gallery series. Yeah. So um, that that's interesting. So it, because... It, I know Lacey's like the biggest Java puppet fan I know. I am. <laughs> Her and Diego Luna. Yeah, she Diego, saying, what's, Diego what's might your, beat me. <laughs> Lacey, what's your line that you always go to? What you want with the Java puppet? I want a bunch of dudes sweaty inside the Java puppet. Like, I want a bunch of dudes in there. Like, let's make this happen. <laughs> Frank, what's your dream Star Wars creature that you could, like, if you got the chance to make something? <clears throat> oh, that that's it? Then that's you've it. already like, accomplished it. Yeah, what done. else is there to do? Wow. There's nothing else to do. No, that's it. I thought there was nothing else to do after I got my name in the credits on The Force Awakens. I was like, I got a credit on a Star Wars movie that says Head Puppet Fabricator. I'm done. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Jeez. Did you, to be honest, did you uh, get a high-res screenshot of your, your name in the credits and frame that and put it on the wall somewhere? Because I would do that. Um, From Force Awakens? No, I yeah. didn't. Um, I think they... You know, when I first saw the Mando episode, they put my name under puppeteers, not as a, not the performer section. Ah, I don't know if that got fixed because I know that they're constantly <laughs> tweaking little things. Yeah. I haven't looked at it since like, like Jeans like, Guy. Like, the day. Yeah. 
Um, Frank, we got to get you an Emmy for uh, guest appearance. At a, I wonder at if there's a, concept art that you can have of your character because you know they usually throw in the little scenes at the end um, in the credits. I can't remember if there was one or not. No, I don't remember seeing any concept art on this. I want to get the cardboard cut out. I heard they're making one or there is one of your character. Well, if you download that picture off of yeah. where the, the cookie recipe was, like yeah. you can just blow it up and print it. No, I'm <laughs> saying I think they sell that because they sell like the Cobb Vanth one and oh, yeah. all these different ones. That's the one yeah. that I want. Everyone's like Cobb Vanth. I'm like, get out of here, Cobb Vanth. I want the dock worker. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. You got awesome. that battery cooking yet, or what? Yeah, I don't. Let me. Oh my God, Jeff. Hold on, let me see if it plugs. Are you gonna? <laughs> you gonna do it? Let's go. This is our one opportunity, Lacey, <laughs> to have a Moncala operating on our podcast. I know. Is he gonna put it on? Oh my gosh. I don't this know. Is nuts. So, so for yeah. our audio, audio listeners, Frank. Something. Yeah. First Frank of all, if your audio, switch over to YouTube real quick. Switch to YouTube for this, especially. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I imagine we may isolate this, but who knows? But yeah, Frank is hooking up a battery to a Moncala head as we speak. The ultimate collectible. Works. I think, like, yeah. if anybody was to ask me, Lacey, what do you want? It's that. Yeah. That's what I want. We were, we're watching Frank work pretty right good. now, pretty much. This is cool. Yeah. I feel like a- exclusive behind the scenes look at the Mandalorian. <laughs> he forgot we're here. He's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Somebody like calls on me, walks out of the room. <laughs> we're like, what are we doing? It's like, oh yeah, I'm on a pot. Oh my gosh, he's setting it all I, up. That, that is so awesome that he says oh. this was his dream. No, battery's not holding the charge yet. No, no. That's okay. That's okay. Sorry, Sorry. I tried. Okay, it's okay. okay. Can you bring the head over and we can look at it? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I at least want to see it. Now I'm You're just like, geeking out. Forget all the professionalism. <laughs> this is just like really cool. Whoa. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Look at this thing. So what's your favorite wow. part? Jeez. Of the head. Um, oh. oh, my God. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> so what, is it, does it, what does it feel like? Just leather? Um, It's made out of foam latex. Okay. okay. Um, So it's squishy. Yeah. I always Very like how they have term. like body Squishy. parts that look like mustaches and stuff. Oh yeah. That's another like kind of Phil Tippity thing. Like I think that he put a lot like this. I don't if it did you guys ever see the stuff on tested.com about how Adam Savage found um a casting of a Mon Calamari and then I rebuilt one no. form. I know you've done a lot of work with Adam because I saw your yeah. like Rancor and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so this is, the, Adam found a casting of a Mon Calamari that he then took over to Phil and said, hey, is this like the actual thing? And Phil said, oh yeah, that's the sculpture. Um, like found we, it. Like How photo did max- get out? <laughs> yeah, garage sale? Like, what's going <laughs> found on? It on eBay or something like that. Um, and then and then he asked me to remold it and make a mask of it for him and you know finish it up. Yeah. And so I, I made that for Adam. And so I have I also have one that's painted like Akbar downstairs. Very cool. Um and then when I was working on Mandalorian and you know, we started bidding on season two stuff, they the producer knew that I had, you know, calamari. And so he's like, Hey, do you want to build, you know, that's half awesome, a dozen of man. those things? You were like, Yes. That is so cool. Yeah. Man. I think I like the eyes the best. He looks judgy even now. He's not even active and he still looks yeah. like he's judging me. <laughs> well, his eyes have his eyes have two different expressions sort of. Is wow. would you say that that's common or is it always the same? 
So they, they, they're, they're supposed to be the same. I think, you know, they kind of That is so cool. Oh, I hear oh, it. Yeah, yeah. I hear it. Yeah. yeah. You have to oil oh, those things gosh. up. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the jaw moves and then his nostrils move. But yeah, that's those two nostrils, that's where I see out of. That's the fan part? That, that's yeah that's the craziest that's thing that's like <laughs> yeah that's like the old halloween costumes that you had as a kid with two little slits where you can look through like that's yep. that's wild wow. yeah. i've never yeah. geeked out this hard on the show i am <laughs> so excited right now so if you're are you claustrophobic at all yeah yeah i was gonna say you can't be if you're in those things for like yeah, eight yeah. hours a day or He's ten just hours like, a day <gasps> <laughs> yeah yeah that's amazing no, it, i mean it does it does take somebody that's that kind of knows what they're getting into like sure. to play a creature like as much as it sounds like fun to be in a creature suit or you know play an alien or a creature like it's, it's hot it's uncomfortable um if yeah. it's something that's like more heavily makeup effects involved like getting in and out of makeup is uncomfortable <laughs> like it's... i watched a behind the scenes thing around christmas time about the grinch with jim carrey and like mm-hmm. that he said it was like torture going into the makeup and well, being in the makeup and stuff i was like that's crazy coming coming from being in the makeup industry like the, my first yeah. 10 years in out here in los angeles was mostly as a makeup artist doing special effects makeup mm-hmm. um the the guy that was responsible for doing the grinch makeups it was a, it was done through rick baker's shop but guy named Kazu was the one that was applying Jim's makeup. Jim is very tough to deal with. And Kazu, <laughs> like, it kind of ruined Kazu for a long time. Oh, no. Um, like, Kazu's, like, the sweetest, like, nice little Japanese guy. All behind-the-scenes like, people, by the way, are the him. nicest. Everyone that I've Not ever... all of them. Well, all the ones <laughs> I've come in contact with have been so nice. But how do you ruin him? Like, his, his, his confidence, you mean? He was, he, was so, he was so hard to work with. And, it, and like, why why would you sign up for a show like The Grinch, where you're going to be in full prosthetics every stinking day, and then like, and then get paid a gajillion dollars, and then you make it hard on the person that's making scale, you know, through the union, like. Oh, that sounds know. terrible. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. I was watching this documentary are... and they were saying how how miserable the experience was, but maybe that was coming from the other side and not from Yeah, him. I think it comes from the other side because there's, there's these things happen here and there. Like there was another one. I can't remember who it was. There was an actress that was complaining about the makeup that she had to wear. And it's just like, what are you, an idiot? Like don't sign up to play a character that's got makeup head to toe. Like... And then you ha- then you complain because it's uncomfortable because it takes eight hours to put your makeup on. Like, what do right. you think's gonna happen? You're like, no, I Star find out Wars, who... you're like, I hate squid, and you're like, I want to. F- <laughs> I want to find out who did his makeup for the mask to see if there's continuity here with Jim Carrey. Um, there was a guy. There was a guy named uh, Greg Canham, I think, did the mask. Um, I don't recall any any horror stories about that one. But mm. Jim was younger then, so maybe he was a little less. Hmm. Yeah. He didn't have Sassy. to put those giant yellow contacts in his eyes. That's oh. what I think would drive me crazy. I, yeah. Because yeah. I'm not Lens a glasses it. or eye person, but yeah. every time I think about how big that thing is, I'm like, that would be miserable. Yeah, that's that's tough. I mean, and, and not to say that they're, it's it's valid for them to complain or it's not valid for them. I mean, it is uncomfortable and it is it is challenging. 
but that's what you're getting paid all kinds of money to do is no, to put all right. this junk you up. Yeah. up for it. No, you're totally yeah, right. Yeah, and I actually think he got two gajillion dollars for that movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> if it, it was just be... one gajillion, I get it. Yeah, yeah it's understandable. <laughs> <The second> gajillion. <laughs> so on Star Wars, did you get to interact with uh, Misty at all, Frog Lady? Because you guys were like the hits back to back. I I saw her there. I mean, I saw the the frog people. We were we were all on the same you know on the same set, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't chat with them at all. Mm. Um, I chatted with a couple of the stunt guys. Um, let's see who. I don't know. I we were just so busy with all the calamari. It's like just we gotta be so cool to be. Yeah, much. just I mean, yeah. as a creature person, just being like, yeah, I worked on Star Wars. It's just like I would imagine it's just so cool. Did well, you? You said you try to stay away from spoilers. Did you come across anything that you felt was like I saw a little too much on that one? Um. Well, like with most shows, you know, we'll when the when the when it's starting up, sometimes we'll get a bunch of images and they'll say, "Hey, would you bid on these things?" Oh, um, got it. And so I, you know, I I saw very early on, you know, things like Ahsoka and Bo-Katan, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Oh my god, that's the coolest stuff ever!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, you weren't but, mad about but, it, but I had no idea how this stuff was going to play into the story, and I, sure. I just want to know. Um, but. I do try to avoid spoilers. Like it's, it's just, I still want to like enjoy it. And I, you know, I still want to love it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Did, um, so did, were you filming your parts? Was it second unit or was Bryce Dallas Howard? Uh, no, it was, it was Bryce. It was first unit. Yeah. No, okay, she was super what? easy to deal with. I, I had interacted with her on first season because she directed the first episode that Cara Dune was in. Mm-hmm. So when we were right. building Gina's costume, um, you know, Bryce was there, you know, Bryce and uh, John was there, yeah, all of them, everybody, you know, had come in and chime in at one point or another. Um, and at that, at the first season, the costume designer was a guy named Joseph Poro. And he, he had brought me along because I did two seasons of Orville with him before that. Um, mm-hmm. So I had a, you know, and I, I got along great with Joseph. So it was fun. Nice. Yeah. All right. So, and so you worked with a lot of first time live action directors then because Bryce Dallas Howard season one and Dave Filoni was his uh, for season one was his first time directing. And you did work on that, that episode with the Tuscan Raiders, right? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. So what was, did did you notice any greenness to their directing or was it like, they felt like they knew what they exactly what they were doing? Well, the, the, the thing that a good director has is an opinion. You know, if they if they know what they want and they're able to communicate it to the to the crew, to put that on in front of the camera, that's a good director. Um, it's the wishy washy ones that I have a hard time with. And all of everybody on the show, you know, from the top down, it, they they know exactly what they want. They, you know, whether it's getting, you know, sketches from Doug Chang of how he wants the calamari painted, or if it's sketches from the costume department of how Cara Dune's armor is going to be. Like, right. If they can communicate to us how they want it, then they're doing their job. And if, mm-hmm. you know, Bryce and Dave and John, all those people, you know, they're good at communicating what they want. All right. Because I I always have like a fear of people not liking me or upsetting someone by saying <laughs> what I want for something. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a waiter, I'm like, I, I don't want to send this back. I feel terrible. Do you feel that, the wishy-washy? That's a sign of being like a nice human being. <laughs> no, I know, right. I know. But my, I guess my I guess my question is for the wishy-washy type of directors. Do you sense sometimes it's because they don't want 
the whole crew like hating on them and they're just like uh well if you could you, you'd rather someone assert of like i need this do that i would rather in a nicer way yeah, I, okay. yeah i would rather have somebody tell me exactly what they want because then i could better serve them right okay. i think that a lot of times people and it's not just directors sometimes it's producers and sometimes it's everything else they're afraid to make a decision because once you make a decision you're locked into it which is why building practical creatures and building real stuff is scary to some people um which is why they want to fix it in post you know because if you make making a cg creature you can change a creature a thousand times up until you put it up on netflix like or on Disney, you know <laughs> yeah or whatever but but if you build a practical thing like that's shot that's on camera that's that's what it is that's true. Um, wow that's a good point. so wow. you have to have the confidence sometimes it's like blind or dumb confidence like well, this is what we're gonna make like let's you know see how it is i think that having a show is is iconic as any of the star wars shows like whether it's you know um the prequels or the sequels or any like or the tv shows like having that on your shoulders there's so many opinions from the fandom from the studios from peers like it's impossible to please everybody like impossible mm -hmm. um, and you know people like us like you know we love mandalorian and but th there's tons of people out there that don't you know yeah. and you're just like what are you crazy this is great <laughs> but you know you can't please everybody and mm -hmm. and that's that's a hard thing to have on your shoulders is you know like like i'm a huge ryan johnson fan and some of the the shit that he gets for his movie like that's tough man because you don't know where those decisions came from you don't know if that was somebody telling him like right. when you make it this way or if right. he was he had to i don't know you know mm -hmm. yeah um you have to give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes because a lot of times some of these things might not be their fault yeah there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen type of thing yeah. sometimes on some on, especially on bigger shows um it's hard to get onto a bigger show where you don't have one person that you're answering to like not everybody's jim cameron not everybody's guillermo del toro <laughs> not everybody like these people that just like know exactly what they want and that's what it is yeah yeah um you know filmmaking is tough <laughs> did, did you guys have yeah. to, on on force awakens did you have any your team have any direct um communication with jj abrams or was it someone below him no i i didn't um phil dealt with date with jj as far as i'm aware mm -hmm. i was just a dude in the shop making bolds like i don't i don't have anything to do with anything like other than make it make it look like this that's it right you know? you're like got do, it yeah do you have any specific easter eggs like um that are personal to you that either you put as your like signature mark and everything or anything that you're like hey this is star wars and i'm just gonna put this one little thing in here there's a couple of things that we've snuck into different shows. Nothing that we've snuck into Star Wars that I can remember. Um, that you can say on camera. <laughs> well, you know, the, the only thing I, that I remember that we did on The Force Awakens is when, so when you build a stop motion armature, you make a metal armature and then you put it into the mold and you inject the silicone into there. So once it's in, in there, like that's it, you'll never see it again. And so um, the we all kind of wrote little notes on the armatures before we oh, encased cool. them in silicone. Oh, that's fun. And like, I put, I put my dad's initials on there. Oh um, man. You know, stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, uh, 
it's things that no one will ever see, but you know, yeah. we, we kind of signed the inside of the armatures. You is know, your work in, in the archives now? No, I, I don't think that, that this stuff went to the art because Lucasfilm archives is separate from like the, the archives up in, in San Francisco is separate from the Disney archives. Oh, like they're, they're kind of separate entities, yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. So our stuff didn't go there. Um, as far as I'm aware, Adam Savage as far as I know, all this stuff on eBay. is <laughs> yeah, <Adam exactly>. <laughs> the, the seller is G Lucas 77. I don't know who that is. But... <laughs> as far as I know, the, the puppets are still over at Phil's, but like I said, I haven't talked to any of them in, in quite a few years. So that's cool that he came back though, for season two of the Mandalorian. Like I, as an old school, like I love original trilogy. I love the empire of dreams and seeing those jobs guys a job, thing. man. I'll do anything for 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure there, there's a certain amount of like you know lineage that, that comes with having phil attached to a star wars thing so of yeah, course, I yeah. Think so. yeah you know yeah. Be, people want people like phil and dennis Murin like still involved and it was great like when we did the the force Awakens stuff dennis Murin came and lit the chess set like lit the stage because he, he lit it so originally cool oh, that's so amazing. dennis came to the set and he he lit the stage and oh get and him and here. phil went and had hot dogs for lunch and it was like <laughs> that is them, that's like the best part the of things yeah. they just went and had hot dogs yeah yeah there's it's a like, hot oh, dog place right around the corner that that him and dennis always went to they're just they're just having having a couple of foot longs like it's great to be back in the saddle huh <laughs> uh, well if you know phil that's not really what he would say <laughs> What, 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 are, what are these guys like are they are they very blue collar in that sense like what, what's their phil, phil is very much an an artist um mm -hmm. and he's kind of he's not one for the the fandom or like he just wants to make things he just wants to make what he wants to make like all of this stuff is like eh, whatever you know <laughs> um he I like just wants that, to, which is great which is part of part of his charm i guess um you know, Dennis, he's retired. You know, he was at ILM for 8 million years. Um, <laughs> but he, he's a super nice guy, very friendly, very approachable. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's good that, like, sometimes you don't want the people working on it so focused on what fans think or what, you know, because even like you were it's saying, Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson before, like, he's gotten himself in, into some trouble by just snapping back at fans on Twitter and stuff. It's just like, just, just, just for, leave them over there like it, you it's know? hard to, it's hard to stay off of the internet sometimes like no i know man yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's uh i don't know cut to um, frank online being like it's a teal sweater it's teal yeah well i did i did a little photoshop thing i kind of said I, I like a couple of twitters ago stop saying it's green well yeah people were saying it was green or blue and i, so I did I, I photoshopped it and i said it's kind of in this range guys yeah so, so funny um so yeah. i mean you you we've talked a lot about the different things you've worked on including umbrella academy pirates of the caribbean yeah. all this other stuff what is a property a known property that you haven't touched that you were like if i could if i had the opportunity to ever work on blank uh that might be another type of how i work on star wars it's not the original star wars it's the new star wars maybe no. jurassic park or something i'm not sure well i, I can't say marvel yeah um I, I i i can't say any of the marvel stuff <laughs> okay 
I'm not allowed. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. We didn't um, even mean to tap into that. Yeah. No, that's okay. Um, no, we haven't really done very much stuff on Marvel shows. We did tiny, tiny bits of a couple of things. Um, but but Marvel and superheroes and stuff like that, like, is something very specific. That's really yeah. great. I'm a I'm a big fan of Tron. I would love to get a crack at oh, working Tron. on Tron. These two. You don't know what you just stumbled oh, on, Tron. man. <laughs> yeah. Um, me me and Lacey are big Tron Tron people for sure. And we're trying oh, to get John good. to watch it. He's like, in another world. I haven't seen Tron it's yet. Great. Don't kill me. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I could see um, you doing the new Lord of the Rings stuff with all the like the cool. Lord mask. of the Rings would be Lord of the Rings would be fun. Um, what was the other one that that I was just well? I mean, I, I did a little bit of work on Ghostbusters. Um, Very cool. The other year, there you so go. I'm That's super cool. excited about Ghostbusters. I am yeah. really excited. They, we they didn't do released... like a lot, but we, we did like a couple of small things, and that's good enough for me. Like I got to, you know, be touch part a part. Of it. Of it. Yeah. So that's yeah. amazing. Did you get to touch the Ecto one? No, I didn't go to set. They they filmed that oh, in okay. Canada. Oh man. I just I just amazing. want the, a lot of movies that were supposed to come out in 2020 to just drop, please. Yeah, no. <laughs> There's so many. I that's know. Like I'm excited to see what Dune turns into. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, That's a big spaceship helmet movie for you. Yeah. You yeah. know, the guy, some of the guys that, that worked on that, there's a company in the UK called FBFX. And I'm like the biggest fan of that company. Oh, cool. Um, they, they did a bunch of the stuff on Dune. They did the spacesuit from The Martian. They did all the Prometheus spacesuits. That makes sense because oh, wow. they've got the, um, like, the flashlight things in the front in all those movies, like the little flashlights. Well, that comes from the designer. That's not necessarily them. I know, but they're in all those suits that you just <laughs> yeah. named. Yeah, you're absolutely but right. <laughs> but I'm, I'm a huge fan of that company and a huge fan of their work. Um, and so I'm excited to see Dune because I know they did a bunch of stuff on Dune. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, Dang. Yeah. So uh, I, I, got, I, have, I have one more question for, for you. Yeah, have all the questions you want. Keep going. Okay. Uh, have you ever... Uh, gone to a Halloween party wearing something that you made for a movie. <laughs> He's like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I have an Orville okay. uniform. I've worn that before. Nice. Um, yeah, first season Orville uniform. Um, I don't you, know. I don't think so. Do you like Halloween? What was it that... What was it? I was just watching where there was someone that was like, I never liked Halloween. And then later they got into this type of stuff. No, I've always, um, I've always liked Halloween. Oh, it was, liked um, it was Paul Lee. Oh, really? Yeah. He said he didn't like, he didn't like Halloween growing up. And then he hmm. later got into cosplay with the 501st and all this. Yeah. And then now he's like really into it and he understands it. You know, we growing up, he was like not into it. That. I was going to say, Mando. have you interacted with him because he mm-hmm. talked about being with the prop people all the time, which would kind of fall into the stuff that you yeah, were Yeah, he was just too. with us two weeks ago. So Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. well, I, I, I saw that he was on your, your show. Um, I actually reached out to him on Twitter and I was like, hey, dude, we painted your helmet. If you ever want one, like I have all the reference pictures of it. <laughs> Look he's at like, that. Yeah, let's figure amazing. this out. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, so I, I just got to find a, um, a shell that I could paint for him. Very so. cool. He's yeah, so we painted nice. we painted his and Filoni's helmet. So. Nice. Oh man, Trapper Wolf! I love Trapper Wolf. I love how just like casual he is. Yeah, little wolf, wolf somewhere. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Yeah. So now, like post pandemic, this Halloween, you're gonna go to a party as a uh, sweater guy, Moncala sweater guy. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm actually looking forward to when the world is open again and we can go to Dragon Con. 
and then yeah. we'll get a whole group of sweater guys together. That's oh, cool. Oh, nice. That is so cool. That's what I want. I want I want the Dragon Con comfy, cozy sweater calamari crew. Yes. That's what I want. Have you guys been to Dragon Con before? That's so I have not. I've been yeah. to like everything else but Dragon Con. Our friends yeah. uh, at Star Wars Explained keep telling us we got to make it down there because there's a big Star Wars crowd that goes there. And... It's it's mm-hmm. like the cosplay mecca. Um, you know, every every convention has you know cosplay at it, but there's nothing like having four hotels and that's all it is is people dressed up and partying. That is that yeah, is cool. I've heard. Like it's it's really fun and for for me it's super um, like inspiring to go see all of this stuff because everybody puts so much effort into all these costumes and they'll have a different costume every day or sometimes multiple during the day. And I remember going through there once with the, with a buddy of mine, I'm like, you know, I haven't seen a Wreck-It Ralph yet. And we go around the corner and there's a Wreck-It Ralph. Like, <laughs> like they literally had like everything that you can think of is there. And every like little moment out of a show is there. Oh man. You know, you Dang, just gotta find man. it. It's yeah. super cool. What, so. What's the, what's the coolest cosplay you've ever seen a fan create? Oh, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, I'm sure that's pretty loaded. Um, I don't know if I have a coolest. I, I don't think I can put my finger on a coolest, but for me, it's always the large ones, like a Rancor or something like that. Yeah, th- those are those are fun. A lot of times, people get it. Get they build these big things that don't um, have all the little gaps closed up. So it's yeah, it's like yeah instead of focusing on like building just like a bunch of big shit, it would be better to build something a little bit smaller that you could actually manage and right, finish yeah. it all really nicely. Mm-hmm. Like I remember seeing one year at Dragon Con, there was like two or three Gundams. There was like an RX-78 and there was a Zaku and so like all this cool. stuff. I was like, oh my God, these things are like excellent. And they weren't like giant, but they were like, you know, people sized Gundams. Yeah. They, they were gorgeous. <laughs> um, so like the big ones are cool, but a lot of times like, they fall a little short because they get the proportions wrong or they, they move kind of clunky and mm-hmm. that's where it falls apart for me. Um, like, uh, there was a bunch of, like for, for forever, there was a bunch of people making Reinhardt's from Overwatch. Mm-hmm. And I think the best one that I saw was by these, uh, sisters from Chicago called they, their cosplay name is the egg sisters. Like that's the best Reinhardt that I've seen. Um, I gotta look this up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved your oh. Palpatine that's on your website. Oh, yeah, we built that for um for uh It was the, at New York Comic Con, but it was super cool. Yeah, I think Battlefront? Yeah, we built it for the video game stuff for the the Messenger Droid. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that was so from, cool. from Oh, the, the Sentinel? Game. Yeah. Yep, we oh, built that. That's awesome. It yeah, was we built holy that. Cow. Yeah, when we when I was doing a lot of videos with Tested, they they got approached by EA to do a couple of things for that game. Um, which I, I Would, love that game. Is so that then your connection too? with Janina? Janina, that's how I met Janina. Yeah, and we ended up becoming like really good friends. And I've worked on like seven projects with her now. Um, <laughs> I've worked on one of her short films um, that that won some awards at South by Southwest last year. And then uh, she was in a commercial that we did for Blizzard, uh, like in 2017. So yeah. So Janine and I have become a good good buddy of ours. That's awesome. That's so cool. cool that that can happen too. And then just like just to be able to hold on to those relationships, even though you may not work together for a while, and then revisit it and like something like The Mandalorian. That's pretty cool, yeah. man. 
Ugh, no, it's rad. Like and when it gets super hot here in LA, she's the first person I text to come borrow her swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Yeah. yeah somebody with a swimming pool in Los Angeles. <laughs> rule number one, don't have a swimming pool. Rule number two, have a good friend who has one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to take care of it, do the filter or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to a Star Wars celebration? Um, I went to I went to the one in LA that was 2015. Yeah, I went to that one. Um, that's it. That's the only one I've been to. Oh, okay. They're cool. crazy. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I w- I've been to D23 when they, like, right when Mandalorian was kind of, like, announced. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, that's, I haven't been to a celebration other than that first one. And I, I, And even back then, like, I couldn't even talk about what we were doing because that was before it was announced that we built the chess set. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So, do you think you'll you think you'll go to Anaheim 2022? Maybe. I mean, it's just down the road. <laughs> it's like pop, 45 pop minutes away. Pop that sweater so. on, buddy. And start walking through the crowd. <laughs> Dude, like that's this... a really good cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Uh, the the one thing we don't have yet is I don't have the overalls and I don't have the belt. Um, there's a whole there's a group on Facebook called like cozy fish people and they've they've been tracking they track down the boots and they track down where the belt came from that's amazing and what the what the suspender clips are like I they're really good about the finding all this community stuff. that they do yeah. that. they like figure it all out and it's like the next day they've already figured it out they're like oh i yeah. called this guy who knew this and then this person found out where this was from yep yeah. and they share the that. information that's the big thing is they don't hold on to it they share it for that is oh i love it yeah. yeah yeah you have to share it like secrets are stupid yeah secrets yeah. are stupid yeah um, so marvel you say no yeah. I'm just <laughs> well there's a difference between signing and non-disclosure <laughs> yeah i'm totally yeah, okay. <laughs> um frank's gonna go walking down the show floor at star wars celebration and some fans gonna be like cool but the sweater color is wrong and he's gonna be like yeah it's not wrong you said you whatever they want it doesn't matter <laughs> you said you worked on the chess set um does that include the the board well the board the the board was on the falcon when they they did the stop motion animation it was just on a big piece of plastic okay yeah yeah i was yeah. just curious because um you were talking about uh you were talking about working on the set and I thought the set and I was like, maybe that's the board. And then I also thought that was like our first, like one of those things that JJ Abrams tweeted was like a note that says something about the Falcon and it was, but it was clearly on the Falcon. Right. Yeah. He was like, it's not gonna I think he said it's not going to be in the movie, but then the, the hollow chess board was there. Yeah. I something don't along the signs. Yeah. What the note said, but yeah, we, we shot the animation up at Tippett studio. Mm-hmm. I, not we, I, they shot it. I I was just standing there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It was it was two two guys that did the animation. It was uh, Chuck Duke and Gibby. I can't remember his last name. Chuck. That's and what Gibby. happened last time. Yeah. So those are the two guys that did the uh, animation. JJ so, wrote, "I wish people would stop leaking photos from Episode Seven. Uh, and making ridiculous claims that the Millennium Falcon is in the movie and it's on the <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I forgot about uh, that. Oh, that's perfect though. I'm a big I I love JJ Abrams. I'm just I'm a huge fan of um his work. So uh, Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of what he did with the Star Trek's too. I like those. Yeah, yeah. And I just I'm like 
I was so late on Lost. I just watched Lost this year. And even I, still makes... I still haven't watched Lost. I'm just now watching Mad Men. <laughs> I, I, that was me two years ago. And then I did Sopranos like three years ago. Like I'm, yeah. I'm late on all the good shows. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, yeah. I work too much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good thing, man. That is a good thing. That is a good thing. Yeah. Um, um, what else? What other questions you got? Man. Mm. Oh, so well, pi- Pirates. So you worked pirates. on the fourth Pirates movie? I worked on two and three. Two and three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what What did... Because I watched that movie, the one that had the tentacle face... Davy Jones. Uh, Davy Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you in... How do you work with the... C, that's obviously CG, right? The the well, face mm-hmm. itself. So how does well, that blend that, that in was, with the practical stuff? That was that was played by Bill Nighy and they had tracking dots on him and then they, they just animated over the whole thing and replaced him. Which was ILM, much. right? ILM. That was that. ILM, yeah. Um, and then, uh, let's see, I, I didn't have much to do with Davy Jones. Like there was a point where we were going to make his claw hand and then somebody else ended up making it. But, um, like I was working for the makeup department then we did, we did bootstrap bill. That's the guy with the starfish on his face. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. And we did, um, we did all the like cannibal makeups in, in that one. And then in part three, you had the heart, right? I built the heart. Oh my goodness! I have the heart downstairs. I was just gonna ask if you had that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So have. at the end of at the end of Pirates Two, um, like I I had finished up my part on the show, so I was you know back in the states, and they they came back to switch over to work on three, and they said, hey, we need to put a new skin on the heart on the hero heart because it was starting to fall apart. Um, and so I took the heart and I took the animatronics out of it put the skin over here, yeah. put a new skin on it and gave it back to him. And so I have the skin from the the original hero heart from uh, part two. So wow. cool. I forget where yeah. I saw this. Someone was just saying the other day, it might've been on Twitter and just a random tweet you come across, but they were talking about how the special effects for a movie that was two, 2005, 2006, whatever it was, uh, still looked really good. Is and, and you know, there's been recent movies and stuff that maybe even only a couple of years old where you're kind of like, ooh, they, they kind of missed the mark on that. And a lot of it's the CGI type stuff. So, is pirates it pirates definitely held up? Yeah, pirates the, definitely. Well, there's, held el- there's elements of pirates that holds up. There's some stuff that's just like mm-hmm, the okay. first like one some does. Of, I feel some of the like background pirates. Oh yeah, like the, <laughs> the, that are very like video game ish looking. Yeah, but the, but the yeah. ones that they obviously oh, spend they a do lot the of time move. on, like Davy Jones, just this thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just a guy with a with a mocap suit. Like, okay, everybody move a little bit now. Um, no, I, I mean the... when they spend the time on it, they they get they can really get characters right. Right. Um, okay. Because I was going to say, is that it comes a down to thing? like budget, time, schedule. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you got to remember, like, not every character you could spend a million dollars on making look perfect. Like, I'm sure that they spent. Like a gajillion dollars making Davy Jones look good. Two right. gajillion. It was Jim Carrey's whole bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, not everything is can get that level of attention. Sure. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's like, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. The two seconds of Jack Sparrow as a skeleton needs to yeah. be better than the other guys. Yeah, you got to pick and choose where you're gonna yeah. like spend your money. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and films are really challenging to make. I know that actors and producers, everybody's like, oh, it's so hard. It's like, it is. It's hard to, <laughs> to, to build 
whatever this person's vision is on this budget and on the schedule and, and live up to the expectations of the fans and the studios and the marketing execs and like every like it's hard um and we're always bound by budget we're always bound by schedule like you know you think of like disney or star wars or marvel you're like they got all the money in the world it's like no they don't they still have to adhere to a budget yeah so even mm -hmm. if you're on a tv show that's star wars they still have a budget that they got to deal with they got to answer to somebody on that budget right so yeah that's true yeah not everything can cost two gajillion dollars <laughs> right <laughs> sometimes you got to do the thing for 20 bucks and then I love like, then you have someone like Clint Eastwood, who's like, we're just doing a fake baby here, guys. I don't care how bad it looks. It's going to be a fake baby in that shot. And it's, is that just something where it's just like, that's just, he's Clint Eastwood. You're not saying no to that. Is a prop but, person like, but my name's on this movie. Like, but some filmmakers know what you're going to see. Like Clint Eastwood comes from that older school um, filmmaking where like, you don't need to, to make a $50,000 silicone animatronic baby like you could just put like a whatever in there. It's never going to be in the shot. They're not going to shoot it that it makes an, it's going to make any difference. Yeah. So if you have, it's like, you know, like when we said before, going back to good directors, like a good director <laughs> knows what they want and know what they're going to see. Like somebody like Clint Eastwood knows what he's going to see in the editing room and say, we're, we're literally never going to see this. Don't spend any time on it. Right. So. But like there was this big online stink about it. Like Clint Eastwood put a, a clear as a, baby doll in his movie or whatever uh, and i just wonder uh, like when those stigmas come up like if there's any anything that you may have worked on where um you know your name's on the thing and did you ever have to like explain to a future employer like yeah that, that wasn't me who did that shot in that movie or like did no, you i gotta do it all the time I mean, <laughs> okay i could I look at anything on any of these shows and be like hey i don't dude i don't even know like we we built um we built the the scout trooper costumes and on mando one Oh no! And for Sudeikis and uh, Adam Pally. Yeah, we we built originally when the when the costume department was just like we need three of these. They're not going to be doing anything. They're just going to be standing there talking. And <laughs> the first thing they do is some stunt, and it you know flies off the back of a speeder bike, and the whole costume explodes. And I was just like, <laughs> we didn't build it to, to do stunts. Like there was not enough time, not enough money. Like we you know, um. And they so there, slapped a baby. There was that. I mean, there was that too. Wow, the slap of the baby. But the thing, the thing that I get, you know, I, I sort of go like this about is the, the knees were upside, the knee pads were upside down. So, oh no. So like, you know, 501st says that the knees are supposed to face a certain direction. And the set, you know, I don't know if it was set costumers. I don't know if it was when they put it on, they're like, it'll be more comfortable the other way around. It doesn't matter. But yeah. the knees were on upside down. I and could all totally the see that, that happening, being like, "Oh, it's more comfortable if actually if it's this it, way." <laughs> it, it is more comfortable the other way. Oh, why, why is that? I don't know. Because well. you know, when they built them for Return of the Jedi, they they made them so that they look a certain way, and that's it. They're not worried about like, <laughs> you know, and you don't know what happened on Return of the Jedi. Like, there could have been the costume designer saying, "No, it needs to go this way." We don't care if it's comfortable or not. Like, right, have you ever right. worn a set of stormtrooper armor? That shit ain't comfortable. I've never known. <laughs> yeah, when it's it, fun uh, trying to walk upstairs in stormtrooper armor. I like, don't want to. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, just the picturing armor pinches on the back of your legs. Like it sucks. Like they're yeah. they're they're not designed for mobility. They're designed for visual. Yeah. So, so yeah, the scout trooper knee pads are more comfortable the other way around. I'm but just picturing like, like the. Oh. 
<laughs> when they originally made them, they they made them for comfort, and then somebody on set thought it looked cooler the other way. <laughs> so but we don't, we don't know. The like, original movie, they flipped them all upside down for some stupid reason, yeah, and now I, forever I, on, they're always yeah. that's the correct way. And that, so now what actually Canon feels is good also doesn't work. Down. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah whatever it, it is, that's crazy. And it literally doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, we're all doing this stuff because it's fun, and we're all building these things because it's fun. So who cares if the 501st says that it's right or wrong? Like, right. I don't know. Maybe that trooper just put it on wrong because he didn't know. Yeah. They're a bunch got, of babies. So. TK dummy. I don't know. TK dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, you know, it's, it's always so funny to me, like what becomes like canon when it's just like an afterthought. We're just like, well, let's put this thing this way. Yeah. And then, that's, and then that's the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there, yeah, there's a ton of that in Star Wars. Star Wars is like so bootleg when you break it down to like to how it yeah. came about. So well, you got to remember it's built on a schedule and on a budget, and somebody yeah. was just like, I don't care what you do, it's just you need to have fifty of these things tomorrow. You know, like right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have learned just, so much tonight about props and how things work. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's a different perspective. Somebody that's over here building the stuff dealing like right now we're juggling eight shows so i have eight different like you know giant shows that are very you know recognizable names and that's that's what i do all day long is i i deal with these prop departments and costume departments and producers and whatever else um so yeah i don't know how how do you handle keeping track of that type of multitasking or and especially knowing show a maybe a completely different aesthetic from show yeah. D. How do you compartmentalize your mind as a creator in terms of, I need to keep my mindset for show A, but then I also need to remember what the mindset is for show D and then like kind of juggle that. There's, I'm not perfect by any stretch. So things <laughs> fall through the cracks all the time. Um, I have a really, really great crew that I put a lot of trust in. Um, we have we have a really good, I've, I've had this business for, you know, like 10 years. Um, and, and I've learned a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've, I've had a lot of different crew changeovers over the year and I'm in a place now, like I haven't been in a bad mood since like October, the crew that I have now is like easily the most organized and with it crew that I've had. And not to like be mean or rude to people I've had in the past, cause I've had excellent, excellent people in the past, but it comes down to how, how these people interface with me and the way that I work, because I'm the idiot that owns the place. <laughs> um, and I, and I have a really great crew that, that understands what's going on and we understand the projects that are going on and, and we, we work with each other and we communicate well. Um, I, I think I, I like Twittered maybe a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, a picture of, of, uh, our calendar. Like I just put up the new 21 calendar. Mm-hmm. This might've been three weeks ago then. And, and in the background, there's a, there's a bulletin board with all these pieces of paper on it. Mm-hmm. And that's where we put all of our work orders. So when I get a new project in, you know, different, different columns or different projects. And, you know, so, you know, one show might have three, three things we're building for one show. Another show might have like 10 things just on one piece of paper. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where everybody goes to know where due dates are, what, you know, what information we have, like st- whatever we can. And if people have questions and we add notes to it and stuff, but that's, that's kind of our, like, go-to information center mostly what people need to know is due dates um but 
you know, like, like just today, we just wrapped three different projects and then next week I'm wrapping two more. Oh, wow. um, insane. So like we're, we're just flying through stuff right now. Do you find it easier um, as, is it um, an industry where you have to learn technological advancements or has it been pretty much this? Oh, okay. So oh, yeah. at, every day I'm learning something new. Okay. That's cool. All right. Now, Absolutely. This, this... Every day I'm learning, I'm learning new softwares. I'm learning new work protocols. Like right now, the big thing that I've been learning the past couple months is how to pro program DMX controlled lighting. Um, DMX I know controlled how to do that. Do you? Well, yeah. I, I, I just learned how to, how to um, map LEDs in Elm mm-hmm. and, and we're two of the props that we're building right now are like heavily DMX controlled. And so I've had to kind of teach myself how to program it and how to like wire it correctly and, you know, different encoders and all that stuff. So, I work at a speaker and electronics company and I do their YouTube channel. So I tend to, oh. I, I had to like, I have to learn in order to teach people how to yeah. do some of that stuff. Well, we're, so, yeah. we're using, um, on the one that I'm, I'm programming, we're using NTech DMX controllers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the one thing that I'm building right now, which is due next Friday, um, it's got it's got eight universes in it. Yeah, that's crazy. LEDs. Yeah, in one prop. That is so in one prop. In one prop has eight universes. <laughs> that's ridiculous. John and I are like, yeah, yeah you're yeah, like, it's just, let's well, get, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. James is like, no, what? It's just like it's just like get really good at math. No, get, get ready to be good at math. Yeah, I was have just like, been, that sounds like a lot of universes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have you have you been busier during the pandemic? Because you know a lot of industries have been affected, especially Hollywood. But I feel like with production and stuff, you guys have probably more time, maybe because people have time to think about it or no. No, you you would think that the whole industry was down for ten months. People would have gotten their shit in order. <laughs> we come back and they're like, well, we still don't know what the designs are and the script is changing, oh, and it's just like. What did you people do for 10 months? They're on Zoom calls <laughs> figuring out how to unmute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like if if I were an exec or a writer or a showrunner, I would have had like all my scripts in order, all my right. design. Like <laughs> as soon as we're out of pandemic land, like let's go. And yeah. it, didn't, it didn't work that way. Um, <laughs> well, like right when it hit, like I remember like in, in early March, we started losing, um, we started having clients pull out for uh, this event called E3. It's a yep. big video game. Yeah. Yeah. So people, we were supposed to do a bunch of like really cool stuff for E3, mm-hmm. and then we started getting emails like, "Hey, we we think E3 is gonna cl- not gonna happen." That was so the we're big yeah. start. Yeah. Was and so I remember putting a post up going, "Anybody want to buy a special effects company?" Like, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I was just like, "Where? What is happening right now?" Um, and then and then everything shut down, and because I have nothing else to do, I would still come into work every day. Like there was nobody, it was a ghost town for like six months, Mm -hmm. but I would just come in and we had gotten one job from, there's a video game company called Gearbox that make uh, the Borderlands video game. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. They had, they had given us a job right when, right when it started. And so through the whole um, pandemic, I just worked on this one Gearbox job. Like this is the myself. best work I've ever done. <laughs> no, I, yeah. well, I, I leveled up on 3D modeling and I Excellent. built all these things on my C, on my CNCs. And yeah. because the world isn't back to normal yet, we still haven't even finished the job, but there's not really a deadline now because they don't have it. There's nothing that we can do with the stuff that I'm building. I, I have to be right. very vague because what I'm building is really cool. 
no and, worries <laughs> um uh <laughs> but yeah so it was it was like kind of nice to have that job to focus on during have the whole pandemic yeah. so i was here by myself like every day for those you know six months working on this thing and uh and i, I built the first one we're building 10 of them oh, wow. so i built the first one and then now we're like slowly putting together the other 10 um and because there's no deadline we do it kind of in between all these other like rush you know movies and tv mm-hmm. yeah and then you know eventually we'll be done with it but it's kind of nice having like a client like that like i love doing stuff for the video game industry because sometimes it is like these really long like we kind of don't give a shit deadlines mm-hmm. um they're more understanding it's, it's kind of fun yeah. that way yeah well, and it's nice to have a creative thing to work on during this time that's what oh, yeah. the podcast has been for us it's like something to do that you can focus on yep a, yeah good constant yeah I stopped doing my podcast right around the the. Uh, the Frank, pandemic. why? <laughs> I used I used to do a, a podcast with a guy named Len Peralta. It was called Creature Geek. Oh, we did fun. almost a hundred episodes, and then right when the pandemic hit, I was like, I don't even care. I don't want to talk to anybody. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Bring it back, Frank. Bring it back. <laughs> I, yeah, here we go. I'm, now I'm back on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, you, at least get it to a hundred. How are you stopping before a hundred? Come on. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm not keeping score. <laughs> so, Frank, what? Um, because we're probably going to wrap here soon. But what? Whatever you want. What brought? <laughs> what brought you? <laughs> what made you want to move to? What drove you to move to LA? Like that's, that's a, where that's the work a, is. I know, but like, it's always that whole thing. Like everyone fails out there. Like you're going to go out there and you're going to fail and you're going to go back home. I don't know where you're from. But, Cleveland. Oh, okay. Well, James is from Ohio. Yeah. All right. Dayton. So was nice. it was it was it the cliche I'm packing up the car and I'm driving out to LA? Like what was that experience like? And and for yeah. anyone else out there who wants to get into it, who's thinking about doing it, should they just go for it? Like what, what's your inspirational I made the it? decision and I packed up my car and left five days later. Good for um, you. I was just like, no, nah, I'm gonna go do this. And then um I was lucky I- enough to have a couple of connections and I was lucky enough to have parents that supported me. You know, my first handful of years out here were financially tricky. Um, I maxed out all my credit cards, ran up all my debt. I didn't, I, I thankfully was able to pay it all off on pirates, but nice. like, <laughs> nice. you know, it, it took a while. It took, it took a while till treasure. I was able to, to do that. And then, you know, I, I didn't have debt until the stupid pandemic hit. So from pirates all the way up until 2019. That's good. Wow, I'm so, sure things will get better. I'm sure yeah. it will. Everything, things, you sound crazy things busy. Been, yeah, things have been very pleasantly busy since October. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stuff that I know that's coming up and the things that are that are going on right now, like even if it slowed down a tiny bit, like I would be fine because we're we're in a good spot. And I'm, I'm Looks happy. like it, man. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to be happy. Like I could give a shit less about all this other. Like, <laughs> right. you know, I want to I want to be able to tinker down in the shop and I want to be able to like, have a good time you know it's i don't know this is, this is a hard enough job like a hard enough business to like mm-hmm. get by in and, and succeed in and you know make ends meet i just want to be happy well i mean it looks like you're you, like you said you never had a, a real job and you're looking <laughs> you're, you're you're doing what you love and i think that's so cool man and it's inspiring uh, and I know our listeners are going to geek out about everything that just went down, uh, especially the Mon Like uh, I did. So. <laughs> Basically, yeah. That's a hey, when the world's back to normal, you guys can all come visit the shop here and I'll let you take a 
Take a picture. Done. <laughs> yes. We, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we try to make it out there every so often, and we know we'll definitely be out in LA for the 2022 celebration, but maybe sooner than that. But if there is one. Yeah. Hey, we need that celebration, man. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. You guys have anything else for Frank? I mean, we. No. Thank you for giving us your time. This has been yeah. so yeah. so awesome. So cool, man. Um, yeah. And we'll have to have. And, you I, don't, back and I don't think I said anything uh, bad, so you don't need to worry about editing anything if you have. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. No, you were great. Um, so yeah. Uh, now, is there anything you want to plug for our listeners to check out? Uh, I know you have your website is thingeryinc.com, right? Thingergy. Yeah. Thinger, I'm sorry. It's yeah. okay. Thingergy. I'm the one that came up with a stupid name like Thingergy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, if um, I could think of another name that I didn't hate, I would change the name of the company. <laughs> <laughs> anything else you want to plug that our listeners would be interested in checking out in terms of your art or anything like that? Um, yeah, I, I kind of come and go on, on social media and stuff. I think I'm a little bit more active in posting like pictures and, and fun stuff on Twitter these days. Nice. Um, there's, you know, I have, we have our Instagram, like the company has an Instagram and I got one. Uh, and then Thingergy's got like the Facebooks and blah, 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 all that stuff. But <laughs> all right. Come on, man. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if people want to look at the stuff and think it's cool, that's rad. If you know, that's rad too. <laughs> and just remember yeah. the sweater is a gray teal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I, think it, I mean, I, I, that's how I would do it. <laughs> You're on record now, Frank. Yes, teal, teal, tealish. Um, yeah, Frank, thanks so much, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, open door to come back uh, anytime. This is a little blast. Yeah, we'll have to think of something else I could talk about one of these days. <laughs> well, you're going to do more work, and then you're going to come back and talk about all the other cool stuff you've done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that'll happen. Um, <laughs> so open-ended. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, Frank is so about- casual. <laughs> I mean, stuff other than Star Wars stuff. I'm happy to talk about other stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we 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 definitely go on plenty of tangents, and our audience, okay. nerd culture is nerd culture. People like Star Wars, like pirates. They like yeah. all the other stuff too. So, uh, this sure, is awesome, man. Yeah. So, thanks so much, Frank. Yep. No problem. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So there you have, it, folks. Uh, obviously, let us know in the comments what you think about Frank. Obviously, you love him because that was just <laughs> su- such a great interview, right, guys? Unbelievable. Yes. I just love how you get a feeling from him that he's, like, brutally honest. Like, there was no, like, putting on a show. It was just like, hey, guys, I'm in my workshop. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. And he- <laughs> just hit me with questions. Yeah. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. And, you know, I'd like to think we're really good at interviewing people and asking good questions. But if we hit him one that seemed, like, stupid or he was just kind of like, no. <laughs> John, nah. how you, how dare you not know what a servo is, John? I know, like everyone knows what a servo is, <laughs> right? So, um, if you don't know John what a servo, quit the podcast now. Yeah, if you don't know what a servo is, in the comment, uh, just write, "I don't know what a servo is," because that make me feel better. <laughs> thank you very much, but no, that was great, and we can't thank Frank enough for for joining us and. Uh, hopefully he does come back and, uh, you know, when he does more work and he has more stories to tell, uh, we didn't even scratch the surface on stranger things. Really? Uh, I know I brought it up and I was hoping he was going to go into it and we just got distracted, but yeah, which watch, he does some big thing for season four and that's why, which is coming out like this summer. So (laughs) I don't know, but he was was bobbing and weaving there. (laughs) Yeah. it, It was one of those interviews where I was like, you know, he, he's worked on star Wars, but, um, 
what else, like what are we really going to get into here and it just like turned into one of those things where there were so many tangents we went on but there were so such good tangents and i feel like i personally learned all i love learning about the making of stuff you guys know that with yeah. documentaries Lacey, i know you love that too about, yeah hearing mm-hmm. hearing the person in the industry from his vantage point allows me to connect other dots on how things work and i just love that so much and i hope i hope the audience picked up on that feeling too so um it's really great so uh anything else you guys want to add before we get out of here he's the best and i can't wait to go to la to hit him up about going to a studio that would yeah be that so sounds cool. really cool and i hope that i hope that happens yeah that's definitely i just want a picture of lacy with a mon cala head and that's uh, that's all just... what? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> maybe maybe who knows he's like what does it taste like if the mood strikes <laughs> um frank's like Lacey, I saw the episode. You're not coming out You're here. not doing that. Uh, no, we want to we thank everybody for uh, checking that out, listening, watching. Hopefully you watched because there was a lot of visual here. If you did listen on audio, I recommend also checking it out on YouTube because he showed us the Moncala mask right in your face. Uh, it's it's a definitely one I would recommend on visual if you're an audio listener. But do both. Um, we'll take the double views. You know, We'll take the double views there. But make sure either way you do subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform or of course youtube youtube.com slash star wars newsnet videos go to star wars newsnet.com every day for all of your star wars news reviews editorials information and more uh patreon.com slash resistance broadcast if you want to support the podcast uh tiers start just two bucks a month we have a lot of content we put out there for you you probably see our teasers on twitter if you're on twitter 10 mini episodes a month we have a lot of new commentaries coming out mando com a commentary coming soon for chapter two uh, a lot of things, but we want to say a special thank you to our Patreon generals, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Bethany, Russ Harbison, Kendall Gellner, Paul Olson, Jake Hutchins, Jeff Connery, Oliver Lewis, Dave Hornack, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you all so much for all of your support. And anyone else who wants to join up, we really appreciate the support. You keep us going. You keep our quality growing. You keep us adding new shows, new ideas, and uh, we can't thank all of you enough for supporting us over there. Uh, that's pretty much it. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and StarWarsNewsNet.com. James? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. Lacey? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. Geeking out about Mon Cala heads. I knew you were going to make fun of me for it, so I didn't say it. No, come on. I I, I love that you love Mon Calas. Uh, <laughs> are we doing a secret word at the to, to close this one out? It was, you already said it, right? Oh, you want no, to do the thing, about, in the, the thing about the thing? Yeah. All right. Uh, sweater squid boyfriend. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> you can add that one. <laughs> Lacey's sweater squid boyfriend. That works for me. All right. We hope everyone has a great weekend. Everyone's going to tag Frank in that. And he's going to be like, what is going on? He's going to be like, all right, that's the character's name now. Oh, no. Sweater squid boyfriend. <laughs> Um, no, enjoy your weekends. We, we thank you all so much, and we'll see you on Monday morning with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around.